0: So we've been studying the book of Proverbs almost three months, but today is the end. That's when you groan. Oh, no, please. Uh, The last message in Proverbs. And our our series has been titled Foolproof because God wants to foolproof our lives. Proverbs said there are three kinds of people in the world. The, The wise, the foolish, and the simple. And the simple are those who haven't yet made enough choices in life to be either characterized as wise or foolish. And we want to be wise. That is what Proverbs keeps pounding. Be wise. Why? Because wisdom leads to life. And foolishness leads to death. And God, who has a big heart for us, wants us to live. He wants, you know, when God created the universe and he put us in it, he had a vision. And it was a vision of us flourishing Forever and ever and ever, God did not create the world with a, with a, uh, any intent of death. He intended us to live forever and to have vital lives. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They sinned, and 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 the sin principle entered into the world. And that sin principle had brought with it death, not just the fact that there is coming a time in which we die physically, but there is a spiritual death that uh, permeates our world, Uh, sometimes referred to as a corrupting influence. In other words, it's robbing people, stealing from them life, the kind of life that God wants us to have. And so part of Proverbs is to say, listen, yes, there is this principle of sin, Yes, there is uh, the, this death principle at work, but you, you can still have a whole lot of life if you'll avoid that. And so what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is uh, living a life that, for the most part, well, f- as much as possible, kind of avoids the death that is linked up with sin. Which is why in Proverbs, a synonym of, of wisdom, the wise are also referred to as the righteous. And the foolish are often referred to as the wicked. Because it's wickedness that is tied up with death, and it is righteousness that is tied up with life. Proverbs says that not everyone living is equally alive. A pulse is not all that matters. There is a quality of life, and it's not the American dream quality of life. It's it's the kind of life that God meant us to live. And there is a a kind of life that we can have that uh, when we dabble in sin and when we're disobeying God, when we're living uh, wicked lives, it gets uh, siphoned off. And so do you want, Proverbs is, one of the things Proverbs wants to do is force us to answer the question, do I want to live? Do I really want to live? And if so, then learn from the sages of the past and and be righteous. So I think it's appropriate at the end of our uh, at the end of our service, uh, series to ask that question of ourselves: Do I want to live? Do I want uh, all of life that God has for me? Well, if you do. Look for it on the path of righteousness. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. This is our text for today. We're just going to sit on this thing and tease it out. Where can life be found? Proverbs twelve twenty-eight: In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Do we believe that? pretty simple. In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Do you want life? Life to the full. It's found in the path of righteousness. What is righteousness? It's doing what's right in the eyes of God, not what's right in my own mind, not what I think is right or want to be right. It's righteousness is what has God, what does God say is right? And that's, you know, one of the benefits of having God's Word. When we read the Word of God, we get a whole lot of clarity about what is righteous. What kind of behaviors are right in the eyes of God? What kind of attitudes are right in the eyes of God? What kind of um, desires and aspirations are right in the eyes of God? And then, if we'll limit ourselves to those things... We are going to experience life without death. There is a cause and effect uh, relationship in Proverbs. That is just super clear. <laughs> right? God has created... There is more than just the laws of nature. There are spiritual laws at work. Relationship laws at work. That we can- none of us can break and get away with. And the way we live our lives has an effect. And, and, and it's this simple, you know. When we are living rightly, we experience life. But when we are being wicked, we're not doing right, we experience death. And this applies to the Christian as well as the non-Christian. Now, if you're a Christian, uh, you are objectively righteous. The righteousness of Christ uh, has, is yours. And so when God looks at you, You are righteous, and that is why heaven is your destiny. And that can't be taken away from you. That is given to you by God as a result of your faith in his son. You are united with Christ, and uh, his righteousness becomes yours. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about, but even though you are a Christian, even though you are righteous, you still can't break this law (laughs) of righteous living, leads to life, and wicked living leads to to death. So you can be a Christian person, but if you are uh, yelling at your kids, are you going to have a good relationship with your kids? If you're a Christian person, but you're, you know, hooked on porn, are you going to have the most satisfying sex life possible in marriage? You can be a Christian person, but if you're lazy at work, or you're cheating your boss, or... You're embezzling or you don't get uh, do your taxes. Right? There are consequences to that. So that doesn't jeopardize your salvation and your standing with God, but it robs you of life. And, and so on the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. But listen, there is death in my life because I don't stay 100% on the path of righteousness, and I suspect there's death in your life. But, but we don't want to have any more death in our life than we have to have, right? Otherwise, we're having a less than life. Now, listen, our, our own sinful choices that's, is not the source of all the pain and suffering in our life. We live in a broken world. Sometimes it intersects our lives. Sometimes God decides that for his glory and for our good, he'll allow some, some uh, heartache in our lives and pain and suffering, Sometimes other people do bad things to us, but there is sometimes there is suffering in our lives that is a result of our choice, our choice to to not act in faith and to disobey God, right? And you know, you say to yourself, "I know God says I'm supposed to uh, not lie, but I'm going to lie because it's going to get me out of my jam." And then, all of a sudden, people don't trust you. I know God says I shouldn't you know, be marrying a non-Christian, but I'm going to because they make me feel so good. And then you wonder why you, know, you then feel out of sync. And on and on it goes. So what Proverbs, one of the things Proverbs wants us to do is, Proverbs wants us to say, I believe this uh, testimony, that in the path of righteousness is life, I believe that I'm going to have the best, my best possible life by limiting myself to doing what's right in the eyes of God. I believe that. If you don't believe that in the moment of temptation, what are you going to do? Because what is temptation? Temptation is always, yeah, in the path of righteousness is life most of the time, but not in this specific instance, right? Not in my life right here, right now. I'm going to be better off right here, right now, cheating on my spouse, cheating on my test, lying to my friend, putting myself first, right? It's in the moment that we don't believe. And the more that we we truly believe that life to the full is found in doing what's right in the eyes of God, the more we'll win those moment-by-moment victories over temptation. Because we say, yeah, that looks good right now, but I believe. That every time I disobey God, every time I do what is wrong in God's eyes, as revealed in Scripture, it's going to come back and bite me. There are a lot of other paths that promise life, but they're always laced with a bit of death, right? So I have two cookies here. Mm, Very tasty cookies. And uh, now I was going to do this for real, but Sabrina talked me out of it. I told her, hey, I've got an illustration. I'm going to bake two cookies in one of them. Uh, One of them I'm going to put those... Chlorine granules from the hot tub at the rental house. And it'll be a perfect illustration. He said, Some kid's going to get a hold of that and die. You can't. So, unfortunately, this is an object lesson without much risk. Sorry. You'll just have to imagine. But so here I've got a cookie, right? And I just eat it. It's just all good. It's living on the path of righteousness. It, there's life and nothing, there's no death there. But this one, if it had been leased with the, I probably wouldn't have bitten it. But I could eat that one. Tastes very similar, right? It's got all the same stuff, but it includes a bite of death with it. And that's the way it is with with all the other paths. You know, think about the path of achievement. Well, on the path of righteousness, there's often achievement. But it's achievement with no regrets. It's achievement without any death. But if you just get on the achievement path and you're like, I am climbing to the top no matter what, and then then you find that you've lost your family because you've neglected them uh, trying to climb the corporate ladder. You've lost friendships because you've sacrificed them to get get ahead. Uh, You might cut corners and find yourself fired or imprisoned for uh, unethical behavior. Pleasure. You know, hey... I, I, I'm going to satisfy my desires and my cravings. Well, on the path of righteousness, there's often a whole lot of pleasure. Pleasure without any regret. But you jump on the pleasure path, and next thing you know, you've you got a sexually transmitted disease. Or you're uh, hooked on drugs. Or your body's broken down because you're not taking care of yourself, right? And so it's, it's a it promised life, but it's life with a bite of death and that sin always comes with a bite of death and so it's it's a robber in the path of righteousness is life and in its pathway there is no death stanley jacob Rex Oth wrote an autobiography called A Walk With God. He, he, he wrote this when he was about 80 years old and he'd become a follower of Christ in his 20s. And so he's sharing uh, 60 years of walking with God. And he says this, When I turned my life over to the Lord and started walking with God, life for me really began. I never really enjoyed living until that point. I thought I did. Why? Why? Because he didn't have anything to compare it to, right? I thought I did. I did a lot of things for fun. I had a lot of fun. It was, But it was never like walking with God. A qualitatively better life, right? It's a decision that I've never regretted. I don't know of anyone who's ever decided to walk with God and regretted it. I've met a lot of people through the years who've regretted failing God. I've never met one who regretted serving Him. It's 100%, and that really says something. That, for me, is when life Really began. You want to please God? You got to believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. And if you're living, uh, if you're living a life that's uh, riddled with sin, you might not know the kind of life you're missing. Now think about that movie parental uh, parent what is it parental guidance. Uh, if you haven't, it's a funny movie by the way. You've got Grandma and Grandpa. And they never get to watch their grandkids because uh, the parents, their, their own kids, or one of them, is uh, super protective of the children and thinks grandma and grandpa are too loosey-goosey. And so never wants to let the, the, the grandkids under grandparents' control. But there's a crisis in life, and they have to go off. And so the, you know, with fear and, and trepidation, they hand over the grandkids to, to the grandparents. And so all of a sudden, these kids get to experience... Uh, a lot of life that they hadn't before, stuff that you and I, you know, would take for granted. And there's this wonderful scene where uh, the 13, or the 12, 13 year old daughter, mom finally comes back. Everything's chaotic, and uh, the mom's freaked out because uh, there's chaos. But she sees her daughter with just with her hands shoveling an ice cream cake into her mouth. And there's this great scene where. The daughter looks up, and her eyes are fiery, and she said, You lied to me! Yogurt does not taste like ice cream! (laughs) Oh, it's so great, because you can just imagine all those years. Mom's been saying, No, 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 you're not missing out. Yogurt tastes just like ice cream. Until she tastes ice cream cake. And then she's like, Ah! This is so much better! And that's what Proverbs is saying. There is better life to be had. In the path of righteousness is life. What path are you on? I think a lot of times we Christians mix paths, right? We're on the path of righteousness until we see another opportunity and then we jump over on it for a little bit and then we come back. But the problem is we're always, you know, biting off a little bit of death in our life. Final point. Walking with Jesus keeps us on the path of righteousness. We, wanna, we, be, we believe that uh, righteousness is where, uh, the path of righteousness is where life is to be found. We want to hang out there. So how do we do that? Walk with Jesus. Jesus spends 100% of his time on the path of righteousness. So if we're walking with him, that's where we'll find ourselves. So how do we do that? Very practically. Well, you've got to remember that uh, Jesus is, yes, he's God, but he's a person, He's a personal God. And so we hang out with Jesus much like a hang out with other people. And so the church throughout the centuries has talked about the uh, importance of the spiritual disciplines. You read the Bible. When you're reading the Bible, Jesus is talking to you. You talk to him through prayer. You talk about him with other people. You gather with other Christians at, at church to worship him and to hear, uh, to hear his word being taught. Jesus says or two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You share your faith in Christ with other people. You're on mission with God. You obey his commands. Very practical ways that we can walk with Christ and thereby hang out on the path of righteousness. And so it could be that one of the reasons you're having a hard time hanging out on the path of righteousness is because you're not prioritizing your spiritual life. You're not prioritizing your relationship with Jesus. And so maybe you just need to make some very practical changes to how you spend your time and what you're reading and what you're watching and listening to. Now a non-Christian, a non-Christian can do a lot that is right in the eyes of God and thus actually experience quite a bit of life. Right? A non-Christian can uh, be faithful to his wife. A non-Christian can be uh, truthful. A non-Christian can be moral. And, and, and that, come, that has blessings associated with it. right? But unless you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're never going to be able to be 100% on that path of righteousness. For one thing, you, you won't have the Spirit of God indwelling you. And the Spirit of God is what helps us live a righteous life. It produces the, the, the fruit of righteousness in our lives. And so if you're not a Christian, you don't have the Spirit of Christ inside of you, transforming you from the inside out, changing your appetites and, and changing your behavior. So you have a tremendous deficit. Plus, you always have the fact that your sins, because we all do fail, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You still have the fact that your sins are upon you. And it's the Christian who has exchanged his life for the life of Christ, whose sins are taken away as far as the east is from the west because Christ's death upon the cross is a sufficient payment for those sins. Their sins are you know, blotted out, wiped clean, and they're righteous and it's because of the imputed righteousness of Christ it's because of that great exchange of lives my life for Christ's life his life for my life that's why we uh, are, are on the path of righteousness for eternity and it's why even though we die physically we don't die forever right we rise again and we spend, uh, eternal, eternal, spend uh, life eternally with God and so if you're not a Christian Yes, you can, you can do what is right, you can be a moral person, and you can have a better life, no doubt about that. You can have more life, but you can't have life eternal apart from a relationship with God's Son, Jesus. Apart from repenting of your sins and putting your faith in the Son of the living God and making Him the leader of your life. That's how you have life without death forever and ever. That's how that's how you be restored to the life that God in, cr- created you for. And that's why Jesus came, right? I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Apart from Jesus, you don't have life, let alone life abundant. Well, you don't have that kind of life, the spiritual life, the eternal life. So to conclude Proverbs, for the non-Christian, I, I make an appeal on God's behalf. Become a follower of Christ. Enter into eternal life where there's no death. And for the Christian, there's more life to be had as we conform our lives more and more to the person of Jesus Christ, who is the righteousness of God, right? You want to know what right living is? Ultimately, you watch Jesus. You follow his example, and you put his teachings into practice. So there's more life for all of us to be had, and for some people, there is eternal life to be had. Actually, there's eternal life for all of us. Some people don't have it yet. If you you have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and you want eternal life, life where there is no death, forever and ever and ever, if you want life the way God meant it to be lived when he created this world before sin entered the world, then uh, there are no magical words, but God sees your heart. And if you say, God, I repent of my sins, I received Jesus' death upon the cross as payment for my sins and now I commit myself to living rightly uh, empowered by His Spirit. God sees that. And He will claim you as His own and you will have life forevermore. If you do that right now, God honors that. And for the Christians in here, God wants you to have life without death and so... Uh, just right now, just say, God, I commit myself uh, to 100% living on the path of righteousness. Thank you that your heart for me is good.